Subconscious Power, Chapter One, Your Secret Forces. In this book, you are asked to consider some wonderful phases of your personal power, that personal power which is the expression and manifestation through you of that great principle of all power from which all phases and forms of power proceed and in which all such are contained. This principle is known in this instruction as power. In several of the other volumes of this series of instruction upon the subject of personal power, we have asked you to consider those particular phases of your personal power, which are known respectively as creative power, desire power, faith power, willpower, etc. While in nearly all of those books, occasional reference has been made to the activities of the subconscious planes of mind and will, their primary subject matter has been that which is concerned chiefly with the respective processes of the several phases of mental activity manifesting on the planes of ordinary consciousness. In the present book, on the contrary, you are asked to consider those comparatively little-known activities of the mind and will which lie outside of and beyond the field of ordinary consciousness, but which exert a tremendous influence over the activities of that region in which to a great extent supply that realm with the material of ideas, mental images, and emotional states. While the mental planes lying outside of and beyond the field of ordinary consciousness have been until recent years comparatively unexplored by psychologists, and in fact, have been almost entirely ignored by Western psychology until modern times, the best thought of the present time is in practical agreement upon the fact that on those hidden planes of mentality are performed the major portion of our mental work, and that in their field are in operation some of the most important of our mental processes. The exploration of these obscure regions of the mind has been one of the most fascinating tasks of modern psychology, and the minds have yielded rich material in abundance. Many mental phenomena formerly either denied as impossible by the orthodox psychologist or else regarded by the average person as evidence of supernatural agencies and forces are now seen to fit perfectly into the natural order of things and to operate according to natural law and order. Not only have such investigations resulted in a greater increase of the scientific knowledge concerning the inner workings of the mind, but they have also served to place in the hands of the more advanced psychologists the material which they have turned to practical and efficient use by means of scientific methods of application. The effect of these discoveries has been the presentation of an important truth to the thinking individual, the truth that his mental realm is a far greater and grander land that he has heretofore considered it to be. No longer is the self held to be limited in its mental activities to the narrow field of ordinary consciousness. Your mental kingdom has suddenly expanded until it now constitutes a great empire with borders flung wide and far beyond the boundaries of the little kingdom, which you have been considering as the entire area of the field of the forces, powers, and activities of the self. The self has often been likened to the king of a great mental kingdom 
But in view of the discovery of the new facts concerning the wonderful field of the unconscious, subconscious, and superconscious mental activities, the self is now more properly to be represented as a mighty emperor of a vast empire of which only a comparatively small portion has as yet been explored. You are being called upon to appreciate more fully the ancient aphorism, you are greater than you know. Yourself is like a new Columbus, gazing at the great new world which it has discovered around itself and of which it is the owner and the ruler. The writers on the subject of the realm of the subconscious mentality being impressed by the vastness of this new empire of the self have exercised their imagination in the direction of supplying familiar illustrations borrowed from the world of concrete material things. It is astonishing to discover how close is the analogy furnished by certain of those illustrations and figurative symbols. We ask you to consider the following symbolic representations in order that your mind may more readily grasp the great truths involved in these new discoveries concerning the realm and power of the subconscious mentality. Some writers have compared the subconscious and the conscious regions of the mind to the visible and invisible portions of the solar spectrum. Science informs us that the visible portion of the solar spectrum with its red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet rays is bounded on the lower side by a region of infrared rays and on its upper side by a region of ultraviolet rays. These invisible fields of light extending almost indefinitely in either direction. These hidden rays are invisible to our unaided eyes but are recorded by delicate scientific instruments. The larger part of the heat rays emanating from the sun is invisible to us and forms a portion of the infrared field of the solar spectrum. Likewise, the major portion of the chemical changes in the vegetable world upon which depend the life and growth of the plants results from the action of the ultraviolet rays, which are invisible to our unaided eyes, but which our scientific instruments faithfully record. The most powerful rays of light those which produce the most marked effects upon living creatures are the invisible ultraviolet rays, the rays of dark light, as they have been fancifully styled. Other writers have compared the conscious and subconscious planes of mentation to a small luminous circle surrounded by a great ring of twilight. And beyond this, an indefinite darkness, the events occurring in that twilight region and in that night region being quite as real as those occurring within the luminous circle. Others still have likened the mind of man to the earth with its great underlying deposits of coal and oil in which slumber latent light, heat, and other forms of potential energy, force, and power, awaiting but some appropriate stimulus to bring to the surface the materials from which those forces may be released. Ignoring to a great extent the disputes and differences on the part of the psychologists concerning the most appropriate names and terms to be employed in the consideration of the out-of-consciousness fields of mental activity and work, and brushing aside as non-essential the distinctions and differentiations between the various phases of these activities, we shall in this instruction embrace the entire field and its activities under the general term of the subconscious. Employing the term the subconscious to indicate the entire field of activities of the mind, which are performed below, above, or in any way outside of the field or plane of the ordinary consciousness of the individual, 
we soon discover that the activities of the subconscious extend over a very wide range of manifestation and embrace a great variety of forms and expression. In the first place, the subconscious presides over the activities of your physical organism. It is the animating spirit of your physical processes. It performs the manifold tasks of digestion, assimilation, nutrition, elimination, secretion, circulation, reproduction, in short, all of your vital processes. Your conscious mentality is thus relieved of these great tasks. Again, the subconscious supervises the performance of your instinctive actions. Every action that you perform automatically, instinctively, by habit, by heart, and without conscious employment of thought and will is really performed by your subconscious mentality. Your conscious mentality, thus relieved of this work, is able to concentrate upon those other tasks which it alone can perform. When you learn to perform an action by heart or by habit, the conscious mentality has turned over this particular work to your subconscious. Again, the subconscious is largely concerned with the activities of your emotional nature. Your emotions which rise to the plane or level of consciousness are but the surface manifestations of the more elemental activities performed in the depths of the ocean of the subconscious. Your elemental and instinctive emotions have their source and home in the subconscious. They have accumulated there by reason of habit, heredity, or racial memory. Practically all the material of your emotional activities is stored on the planes and levels of the subconscious. Again, the subconscious presides over the processes of memory. The subconscious planes or levels of the mind constitute the great storehouse of the recorded impressions of memory. Moreover, on those planes or levels is performed the work of indexing and cross-indexing the memory records, by means of which subsequent recollection, recognition, and remembrance are rendered possible. These regions of your subconscious mentality contain not only the recorded impressions of your own personal experience, but also those racial memories or inherited memories which manifest in you as instinct and which play a very important part in your life. Again, the subconscious is able to and frequently does perform for you important work along the lines of actual thinking. By means of mental rumination, it digests and assimilates the materials furnished by your conscious mentality and then proceeds to classify these, to compare them, and to proceed to form judgments and decisions upon them and from them, all below the levels of your ordinary consciousness. Careful psychologists have decided that by far the greater part of our reasoning processes are really performed on mental levels and planes outside of the field of the ordinary consciousness. Much of your creative mental work, particularly that of the constructive imagination, is performed in this way, the result afterward being raised to the level of conscious thought. Finally, there are levels and phases above those of the ordinary consciousness, just as there are those below the latter. Just as the lower levels are largely concerned with working over the stored up materials of the past, so these higher levels are concerned with reporting that which may be considered to represent the future conscious activities of the human race. These higher regions of the subconscious may be said 
to contain the seed or embryo of the higher faculties and powers which will unfold fully in the future stages of the mental evolution of the race. Many of these higher faculties and powers are even now beginning to manifest in occasional flashes in the minds of certain individuals. As a consequence, such individuals are frequently regarded as inspired or as possessing that indefinable quality or power known as genius. On these higher planes of the subconscious abide certain marvelous powers of the self, which powers manifest and express themselves in that which we call genius, inspiration, illumination, the exceptional mental achievements of certain intellects, which stamp them as above the average. On these high planes abide and are manifested those wonderful mental activities, which we attempt to explain under the term intuition. These activities, however, are not contrary to reason, though they may seem to transcend it at times. It is better to consider them as the manifestation of a higher reason. The investigation and exploration of these higher realms of the subconscious form one of the most interesting and fascinating tasks of modern psychology. Even now, the reports of the investigators and explorers are of surpassing interest. Those which confidently may be looked for in the future bid fair to constitute a marvelous contribution to the pages of the history of modern scientific research. In this book, we shall ask you to accompany us in an exploration of the various regions of the subconscious, those wonderful realms of your mind, from the highest to the lowest. In this new land, there are valuable deposits of material useful to you and to all mankind. It is our purpose to point out these to you and to instruct you in the most approved methods of mining and converting them to practical uses. You are not specially interested in the history of the exploration of the early travelers in this realm, nor in their conflicting theories and their technical terms, nor in their claims of priority of discovery. If we judge you rightly, you are interested chiefly in the matter of being led directly to the mines containing these rich deposits and in being told just how to conduct the mining operations and the converting processes. In this spirit then, our journey of exploration shall be conducted. The secret forces of the great subconscious, like all other great natural forces, may be harnessed and pressed into service by you. Like electricity, they may be so managed and directed into the proper channels that they may be set to work by and for you. You have been employing these forces to a greater or less extent in very many of your mental activities, but in all probability, you have been employing them instinctively and without a full knowledge of the laws and principles involved in them. When you understand just what these forces are, how they work and the methods best calculated to produce efficient results and effects, then you may proceed to employ them intelligently, deliberately, and with conscious purpose and intent and an aim. The average man employs but about 25% of his subconscious power. The man who understands the principles and methods to which we have just referred will be able to employ 100% of his available subconscious power. This means that he will be able to increase fourfold his subconscious mental work and activity with correspondingly increased results and effects. Inasmuch as at least 75% of man's mental processes are performed on the plane or level of the subconscious, 
it will be seen that the benefits arising from quadrupling his subconscious mental activities and available power are almost beyond the power of adequate calculation. This increased power and efficiency, moreover, are not obtained at the cost of increased effort and mental wear and tear. On the contrary, the man effectively employing his subconscious relieves himself of a great portion of the mental strain incident to the employment of the conscious mentality. 